Hey there, welcome to episode number 12, Getting Your Interview Team Ready in Five Steps. Today, we're talking about, you guessed it, employee selection, interviewing, hiring, getting the right people in the right seats, and the process that I'm going to share with you today is very, very important. I can almost guarantee that this isn't something you are already doing, and I'm going to give you step-by-step how to get your interview team ready. I'm going to give you everything from what to do in an interview team strategy meeting. It's a short meeting that lasts 30 to 45 minutes. I'm going to give you some criteria, two criteria you should consider when you're picking interviewers. I'm going to give you access to a a free quiz about the top 13 hiring mistakes interviewers make. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the benefits of having an interview team over going it alone when you interview. So let's get started. It's going to be a jam-packed, information-filled podcast that's all about helping you hire superior performers. And I'm excited about sharing it with you. So let's get started. Welcome to the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast, a show designed for leaders, trainers, and consultants who are responsible for employee selection and professional development. Each episode is packed full with insider tips, best practices, expert interviews, and inspiration. Please welcome the host who is helping leaders, trainers, and consultants everywhere, Susie Price. Hey there, my name is Susie Price, and I am your host for this podcast, The Wake Up Eager Workforce. This is our 12th episode. I'm excited. I'm making progress in the podcast world, in my world of podcasting anyway, learning and growing. And I'm excited about today's topic, getting your interview team ready in five steps. Since this is the 12th podcast, there are other podcasts that you can review. And if you want to look at that directory, it's at wakeupeagerworkforce.com. Wakeupeagerworkforce.com. And this is the Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast. And that's the work that I do. I focus as a professional facilitator and consultant in my business, Priceless Professional Development, that I have This is my 12th year there where everything that I do is all about helping you create a wake-up eager workforce, and that is helping increase engagement, commitment, communication. I have workshops and coaching and selection processes and books and all kinds of material that I like to share, and I am pleased to share with you. The show notes for today's show are at pricelessprofessional.com slash interview team. And so interview team always with my show notes or any of the links that I provide, it's always lowercase in one and uh, lowercase in one word. So try to make it easy to remember if you're driving, you can just remember, hey, pricelessprofessional.com slash interview team. That's where all my show notes are. If you're looking at this podcast on your phone, you can just click on the visual of the uh, podcast, the Wake Up Eager, where you see my picture, and it'll fly up, and you'll see all the links of all the things I'm going to reference today, and there'll be a lot of different things, because I have a lot of different tools, and I hope that that isn't overwhelming to anybody. I tend to create a lot of stuff, because I'm passionate about giving you tools and things to empower you. It's fun to create them, it's fun to discover them, and then it's even more fun to share them. So I share them and just know that they are always in the show notes. And what I want to do is, of course, I have workshops and I have a book and I have things that would be great if you're interested in those, but I don't want to leave you hanging. I'm going to give you tools where you don't have to purchase anything and you're still going to benefit and be able to apply to your workforce and to your work day so that you can create a wake up eagle workforce. That's my mission in life. And I always joke that I'll be doing this work until I'm 90 if anybody will still hire me when I'm 90. 
So if you're around when I'm 90, make sure you give me a call. But I, this is my work and my passion, and I'm just so pleased to be able to create it for you and to share it with you. I had something new come about this week. Uh, Audible.com has begun to support podcasters. So they are offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day free trial. So there's no cost to you, and you can get a free book. And it's on my website, and it's for Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast listeners. I do get a small payment if you do sign up using my link. So if you are interested, the link to the Audible free audiobook download and 30-day free trial is pricelessprofessional.com slash audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, lowercase, pricelessprofessional.com slash audible. And what's cool about Audible, I've been using it over the past year or so, uh, when I'm walking my dog or when I'm driving, you know, in Ad- I live in Atlanta, so you get stuck in traffic quite a lot. When I'm washing clothes or folding clothes or doing errands, uh, I listen to Audible and uh, it's a great way to get more information and to read by listening books that I don't have time sometimes to sit down and read. Now, I want to tell you, they have 150,000 titles to choose from, and you can listen to the books uh, on your iPhone, Android, Kindle, MP3 player, so it's tons of options if you're not already doing Audible, something to consider. And I'm excited to announce it this week because there are two books that I recommend all the time and that I can listen to over and over and over and get something new out of them every time. And the two books that are particularly related to our topic today, Employee Selection, one of them is a book called Top Grading. And if you type in Top if you go to my link, pricelessprofessional.com slash audible, and you go into the link that I have there to download your free book, and you type in Top Grading, it'll come up, and you'll see it. It's an excellent book by Dr. Bradford Smart. I reference it in my book that I wrote around hiring, and I reference it just a lot. I'll talk a little bit about some of the statistics and facts that he shares uh, in this podcast today. The other book that I recommend, if you haven't read it or if it's been a long time since you read it, but it is a classic, and I really do think having it on your bookshelf or having it in your iPhone to listen to would be inspiring, and it's a a book called Good to Great, Good to Great by Jim Collins, and it's all about how you take good teams and you make them great teams and companies is where he references. Uh, But what's so interesting is he thought different something different was going to come out of his research, And what he found, he thought strategy would be the most important thing. What he found is that hiring, getting the right people in the right seats was the most important piece of going from a good company to a great company. So very relevant to our topic today. Go over and get your free book. I mean, you can basically click on the link now and you'll have your free book and listen to it on your way home today or at lunch. So pricelessprofessional.com slash audible. So thank you, Audible, for reaching out to podcasters and providing something that's a benefit to our listeners. And I hope you are able to take advantage of that if you're not already on Audible. So let's get to our topic today. Again, the show notes are at pricelessprofessional.com slash interview team. And it's how to get your interview team ready in five steps. So as you can tell by the title, I think you ought to have an interview team. And we'll talk about that. And we'll talk about the idea, and I know you know this, and Good to Great talks about it, how hiring is so important to the success of your business. 
So, so important. If you don't get the right people in the right seats, it's hard to move ahead because you're spending so much time trying to manage and lead and motivate and push the people who are in the seats. And that happens that way when they're not a right fit. And so there's a analogy that I use sometimes. It's uh, you've gone shopping the week before to the grocery store. And I'm going to compare hiring and interviewing to grocery shopping. Okay, so that's where I'm going with this. And uh, so you shopped the week before at the grocery store. You had a bunch of your preteens with you. You didn't really have a list and you were in a hurry. So it's a week or two later. You've had a very long day at work and you've decided that tonight's going to be spaghetti night at your house. And you're looking forward to it. It'd be a nice shift to just get home, get all the fixings out and whip up a tasty meal for your family. You can all sit around and just relax a little bit. So You go over to the fridge, you pull out the green peppers and the mushrooms and the onions and the salad stuff because you're going to make a nice salad to go with it. Walk over to the pantry. You grab the spaghetti sauce, got plenty of that. And then you go over and look to your left where your pasta usually is, but there's no pasta. Damn. So now you're back in frustration mode, right? We've had a busy day. We're getting ready to relax and enjoy creating a meal. You almost have everything you need to make a delicious meal, but you're missing a vital ingredient, the pasta. Without pasta, all you've got is sauce. And so you don't really have a tasty hot meal now. You might have a salad supper, and that's okay. You can make that work. But you end up making the best of what you had, which is good, but it's not what you intended, and it's not ideal, so I know maybe you've had that happen at home. I know I often do. Um, and it's worse. It's, you know, annoying when it's at home, but it's really annoying when you're at work and you are stuck with somebody that you hired. They don't have what you intended. You're making the best of it, but it's not ideal. So what happens is often I've seen it and I faced it when I was hiring people in corporate America. You have an unexpected opening. You're already pressed. You're maxed. Your team is really busy. You've got big deadlines. And so now somebody's leaving. Somebody's moving. Somebody's got a new opportunity. And so they are leaving the company. And so you are pressed to find a replacement. So the rush is on. And you rush to find someone. You might be busy and overwhelmed and without meaning to tend to look at the long list of people, interview a few, see a couple that seem like their background is good. They say all the right things and you say, ha, done. I've hired someone. Yay. Off my plate. Thinking that they're a good fit. But, you know, they sounded good in the interview. The interview team liked him. But you kind of were in a rush and you really didn't have a plan and you really didn't maybe get everybody organized and on the same page. And you find out the new employee is missing some key ingredients. Something important like the pasta. The new guy who seemed right in the interview, said all the right things, his resume looked good. You thought he was right. Didn't mean to be rushed. Didn't think you were really being rushed. You were really paying attention. But turns out six months down the road, the real candidate is there. and Some of the key ingredients that you need are missing. He's abrupt, uh, things like maybe he's abrupt with customers or he lacks discipline or he's defensive or he can't follow directions. Key things that you need to have a success in the job. So we don't want that. 
We don't want to have those kind of experiences when we're cooking. We'd like to be organized and have the food we need, and we really need it on the job. We've got to have all those key ingredients there so that we can have success because hiring the wrong person is very expensive. We all have suffered from the frustration of it, and so that's expensive in and of itself, the stress that it can cause. But financially, it's very expensive. Over $250 billion a year is lost in productivity by people who aren't committed to their work. They're not engaged in their work. And they're people like that guy. They're not a good fit. They're, they they interviewed because they needed a job. They said all the things that they thought you wanted to hear because they needed a job. But their skills and their strengths are not a great fit for the job. So they're not as committed or engaged or productive in the job as they could be if they were in something that was a better fit. So that's a key part of the cost of bad hiring. And an employee who quits a company or is laid off or let go, the cost to replace that person could be one and a half times their salary. That's by Deloitte and Touche. And then the um, top grading book that I mentioned earlier that you can get on Audible, pricelessprofessional.com slash Audible. Uh, the cost there, if you're hiring a, according to top grading, is if you're hiring a key employer, lost a key salesperson or a top executive, it can be eight times their salary. And in my podcast that I did, I did another podcast about employee selection and hiring where I talk about the top three interview mistakes. I go into more detail about what those costs are, the one and a half to eight times, where those costs come from. And it's directly out of the top grading book. Um, but if you want to listen to that podcast or you want your interview team to listen to that podcast as well for some interview training, go to pricelessprofessional.com slash interview mistakes. And you can listen to that. And you can also do that in your car tomorrow when you're driving to work. Uh, but anyway, it's expensive when you hire people that aren't the right fit. It's expensive to you personally and professionally. It's expensive to the company professionally. And, and it's the... Bad hiring is a silent killer of corporate profitability because we forget about how expensive it is and we spend a lot of productivity time to, trying to correct those mistakes. So I'm wanting to give you some tools through this podcast and through my book and workshops that help eliminate some of that silent killer of corporate profitability because it's out there and it's happening and I see it all the time and I know you might see it as well. To that end, I do have a quiz that is free. It's on my website, and I outline the top 13 mistakes interviewers make. And I always use that quiz, like in my workshops, and uh, if I'm coaching people, we kind of go through it. It's a, it's a good starting point. So if you want to take the quiz, it's uh, pricelessprofessional.com slash hiringmistakesquiz, all one word, lowercase, and you'll see the top 13 mistakes. And in there, you're going to see some of the topics that we're covering today about having an interview team, not interviewing alone, making sure your interview team is prepared. And that's the steps I'm going to walk you through today. And uh, so let's look at that. I want you to have an interview team. If you're the sole interviewer, it can kind of isolate you. And we do have a problem when we're interviewing, all of us do, and it's because we bring our own biases, our own personal biases to the interview. We're not, and often these biases are unconscious. They're a bias toward or away from certain personality types, toward or away from certain colleges, certain types of work experience, degrees. And so if we're not aware of the bias and then we're interviewing by ourselves, it can compound the problem of bias. So I recommend that you build an interview team and I want you to uh, consider that. Here are some of the benefits of an interview team 
over not going in alone, in addition to avoiding this personal bias issue, is you just have more eyes and insights from others in the company about candidates. So everybody's going to see something different. So you'll have some very good evaluation discussions around the candidates, and you'll do a better job of vetting the candidates. The other thing is with an interview team, you can dive deeper into important topics by dividing up the topics or the focus areas for the interview team. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. That's part of getting your interview team prepared is giving them each focus area. So everybody focuses on different aspects that are important to the job. It's a great tool. If you're on an interview team, it's a great development tool. Uh, you can. It helps you as a leader delegate, and it helps you develop upcoming leaders in the organization. People can see it as a privilege to be on the interview team. When you have other members of the team involved in the interview process, they are automatically going to be more uh, bought into the success of the new hire and will offer more support for the new hire. How often have you seen a new person comes on the job and the rest of the team really doesn't go out of their way to help the new person? Well, I can guarantee you if they were part of the interview team and they were part of making the decision to bring that person in, they're going to give more support than if they weren't a part of the team or part of the interview. And all of that will come together. You'll have a better hire, so you're going to have less turnover there. And you're going to have an interview team who's more supportive. And so you're going to have better hiring retention. So the new hire is going to stay because the chances of a new hire leaving in the first 90 days are high. Um higher than uh, uh, later, you know, after they've been there a while. So it, it really helps you in a lot of different ways. And so that is one of the interview mistakes that I talk about in that quiz at uh, pricelessprofessional.com slash hiring mistakes quiz, where I talk about don't go it alone, get the team involved in the process. So when I'm talking about an interview team, I'm talking about one-to-one interviews with candidates. And I know some companies do, and I don't have a problem with doing them. It's not what I think is ideal, but some companies will do panel interviews where you have two to five interviewers on one side and you have a candidate at the other and they're all interviewing at once. And that's not what I'm talking about here in regard to interview team. I think that panel interviewers do interviews do have their place in the marketplace, uh, but I think if you do one-on-one, it's a stronger way to connect with your candidates. And you're going to have one-to-one, you're going to have more honest and authentic discussions than in a panel interview. Panel interviews just invite uh, less depth and less opportunity for the candidate to reveal themselves. They're going to be more on guard because they can be, panel interviews can kind of be a little intimidating, which, you know, can have its own benefit um, but I think that if you have the one-to-one, here's some of the benefits to it. And this is just my opinion and my experience. And so I'll just share that with you is it creates more comfort for the candidate, which doesn't hurt because the candidate then will reveal more of who they are, which is what you want. You don't necessarily want just the facade. You want them to reveal the real them and who they really are. Another benefit is that the interviewers are going to be able to have more in-depth discussions. And one-on-one interviews are just going to help you, person by person, reveal more clearly how well the candidate does or does not fit the team and fit the culture and fit the job. So I, that is my pitch to you for having one-on-one 
team interviews or having an interview team that has one-on-one interviews. Now, there's two criteria that I want you to use when selecting your interviewers. Every interviewer on your team must have a vested interest in the success of the position. So they have to have some interest in having this role be successful. If you can't ascertain that, they should not be on your interview team. You must know that. That's the most important piece. The second is each interviewer on your team must have some training. They must know how to interview. And two places to start around interviewing is, one, you could use the interview quiz that I've given you. I've got numerous interview hiring articles that they could look at. I've got that uh, podcast where I did the top three interview mistakes, and all of those will be in the show notes. Those are all free. They will not cost you anything, but that's I think it's important that your interviewers know how to interview. Otherwise, what will happen is if they don't know how to interview, they will talk the whole time, not ask questions, and you're not they're not going to have added much value to the process. So I also have some my book and I have other tools that are at a fee, but they are available. I have a self-paced course that I'll make sure is in the show notes. So different things that people could take to make sure they're up to speed. But your two criteria for selecting your interviewer should be they have a vested interest in the success of the position. And number two, they've got some training into how to interview. Okay, so um, now we've talked about how important it is and if we don't have the right ingredients, what that costs us. We've talked about why have an interview team, what the benefits are, and the selection criteria. Now we're going to go into the interview team strategy meeting. That is something I want you to do. I have in my book and in my workshops, and I'm going to put a link to the uh, process. I have an eight-step hiring process that I teach. And the first couple, the first four steps are before the interview, and they are all about planning. And the fourth planning step is making sure your interview team is ready. And so that's what we're going to do now. We're going to hold an interview team strategy meeting. It's a quick, focused, but a very important meeting. And the way you're going to schedule this is you're going to schedule it before the first interview of every open position. It's going to be about 30 to 45 minutes, and you can do it in person, or you can do it by way of conference call. And you've got to let the interview team, those people you selected, know that this is a mandatory meeting. And it's mandatory, and it's important because your ability to hire superior performers hinges on having a prepared and informed interview team. And if you do all this work up front, you're not going to spend weeks at a time managing someone, months at a time for many people, managing someone who's not a good fit because you're going to make the right hiring selection. So I can't emphasize enough how important this is. So if you were going to start interviewing, say, on Tuesday or Wednesday, you might withhold this interview meeting on a Monday. And you say, tell them this is a mandatory meeting and we're going to go through and you'll have an agenda because I'm going to give you the five steps in the agenda. I have a worksheet that you can print out the five steps, spell out the word ready, R-E-A-D-Y. And you can print out that worksheet by going to the show notes, pricelessprofessional.com slash interview team. And it's very easy. You're just going to go through these five steps, which I'm going to share with you. And in the worksheet, you can just jot some notes down. So you, you're you going to schedule the meeting. You've already got an agenda for the meeting. And here's what you're going to cover. The first step is the letter R, review. And you're going to review why the position is open. 
to tell everybody what, what happened, what the change is. So they're all aware and they're all saying and sharing that if they do, if it does get asked during the interview, they've got the right information. What's the timeline for filling the position? What's the job description? And then what's the key criteria for hiring? There's a process that I teach in my book. Uh, it's uh, pricelessprofessional.com slash hiring book. You can look at that process. I also have a lot of that in the articles and stuff on my website. But basically, the first step in the interview team strategy meeting is to review why the position is open and what the job description is and what your key hiring criteria is. Second step, letter E, evaluation and feedback selection meeting is scheduled. This is a second meeting. And this is a meeting where you're all going to get together and you're going to talk about how the candidates did, and they're each going to give their view on um, what, you know, how the candidate did and how they rate the person. And so I give you some information about that in my workshops and in my book and in the uh, online little program that I have for folks. But the evaluation feedback meeting, say you're having your interview team strategy meeting on Monday, you're going to interview Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you might you might um, schedule the evaluation of feedback selection meeting on Thursday afternoon. And again, it's a second mandatory meeting. They can be in person or by conference call, but everybody needs to be on the call. And it just needs to be your standard mode of operation. This is how we work. Okay, so you review the position, why it's open and given all the criteria. You've scheduled your evaluation and feedback selection meeting. Now you're going to do the third letter, assign a third step, Assign focus areas. So you're going to take focus areas that that are important to the job, things like industry knowledge, background, technical skills, attitude and personal skills, workplace motivators and style. All of that I review and give you in detail, but it's all the important criteria that you're looking at for fit on the job. And you're going to assign them to different interviewers. If you don't assign them, less territory is going to be covered and valuable time is going to be wasted. So if you don't give people areas to focus on during the interview, they're going to go wherever they want to go. It'll be like a scattered shopping experience. And you're going to have them putting things in the grocery cart that don't have anything to do with what's important to the job. It's just what their bias is. And we all have personal biases. So uh, if they don't have focus areas and things to cover, chances are they're going to talk too much and they might not stay on task. It's just what happens. I've seen it again and again in my different roles when I was in corporate America and then in my role now as someone who consults and helps people improve their interviewing and hiring process. So assign focus areas. I've got a sample worksheet to show you on the show notes. And so look at the show notes, pricelessprofessional.com slash interview team, and you'll see the example there. It's very simple, but each person gets a couple of focus areas. You're going to cover more ground. They're going to be more focused, and you're going to have a better evaluation of each of the candidates, which is going to help you make a better decision. So we've assigned focus areas. That's the third step. We're now at the letter D in the word ready, and that's the fourth step. Determine and create competency behavioral-based interview questions. So these are you want it to be competency-based. So what's a competency that's important to success in the job? So you, you make sure it's focused on something that's important, a competency, a personal skill, something that really matters to success. And then you make sure it's behavioral-based. So you say, give me examples of a time when, and you have them share examples. You don't ask vague, open-ended questions like, what are your strengths? Because they're going to have read the job description, and they're going to tell you what they think their strengths are that relate to what the job description said. But if you say, give me an example of a time when 
you uh, had to do X, Y, Z, which is a competency that's behavioral based. Give me a specific example how you how you handled something like that. Uh, I've got probably 10 or more articles around behavioral based and competency based interview questions on my website, and you'll see the link in the show notes at pricelessprofessional.com slash interview team. Go there and look for the hiring articles link. And um, in that, uh, in those articles, and then in my book, pricelessprofessional.com slash hiring book, I have numerous uh, interview questions that I recommend and suggest. And you'll also hear them on my podcast, the Inter- Interview Mistakes podcast. So out of all of that, you should be able to have behavioral-based interview questions. Don't skim over this or people will not be asking the right questions. And if you don't ask the right questions, you don't get to the right answers and it's going to really impede your ability to hire the right person. So we've done four steps of the agenda for the interview team strategy meeting. The fifth step is the letter Y. And it's really the word why, W-H-Y, why sharing by each interview team member. So let me explain what that is. What you're going to ask each interviewer to do is to share how they're going to share with their candidates, so the people they're interviewing, why they work for the company and why this position is valuable to the company. So you want to ask each interviewer team, now we're going to do this. The first time you do it, it'll be different than when you do it in the future because they're going to be more prepared. But you ask each interviewer to spend two minutes or one minute giving an idea of what they're going to share. So uh, you'd have them share in the round robin. It's the way you end your meeting. And round robin fashion is you just go around the table and each person shares. And you might want to even time it so people don't go on too long and you keep the meeting tight. Um, but it's very helpful for, to have people share their why answers or how how they would answer or share that in the interview because it, they can hear each other. So they'll learn from each other. It gets them. It's one thing to say it in your head. It's a whole other thing to say it out loud and see how it comes across. And it's going to help everybody be more effective in sharing their why statements. Sharing the why statements as the fifth step in the interview team strategy meeting using the acronym READY is important because it ends every, it ends it all on a high note. It helps everybody remember that they are, while they are vetting a candidate, they also want to entice the great candidates to be interested. And so they are doing a bit of a sales job at, at the same time that they are vetting the candidate. So since this idea of having a why statement is not so common. I want to go into a little bit more detail about why do a why statement? Why does it matter? And I'm going to give you a few steps in case anybody on your team is is stuck with them. They're not sure how to do that. Um, so as a reminder, you know, you're focused on vetting the candidate. You're looking for job fit. You're asking competency behavioral based interview questions. You're uh, listening aggressively. You're keeping the ratio that I always talk about 75% of you listening and, uh, um, 75% of the candidate talking and, and you 25% talking. So they're doing most of the talking because you've got really good questions. Um, and you're really listening to them, but it's also you are vetting them, but they're vetting you. And the best candidates have a lot of options or several options at least. And so they're looking at you saying, okay, is this a place I want to work? Are these people I want to work with? And um, so everything that your interview team does and that you do reflects on the company and the candidate's perception as to whether this is a good place to work or not, whether it's actually a great place. So the way you do a why statement is you um, think of some great reasons, and I'm going to go a little bit more in detail on that, of why you're working there and and what you've enjoyed about working there and that's what you want to be sharing. 
And think about this. Think about if you had the best interview ever with a candidate and it's a position that you've had a hard time finding the right person. And let's say this candidate's name is Incredible Ike because Incredible Ike has been amazing during the interview. He's asked all the right questions. I mean, answered all the right questions with depth and specific examples. His experience is stellar. Uh, he's even got reference letters that show how strong he is that are very detailed from people you're familiar with. Uh, all the other interviewers are rating him strongly, and they think he's a really great fit for the job. You can see all the matches. He's got special expertise that you want, and you're really, really excited. If you can get Incredible Ike on your team, uh, the gap that you've been struggling with around productivity in the specific area would be closed and you're going to have more success on the team. And so the stakes are kind of high, you know, and you want to make the best impression with Incredible Like. Well, in that kind of situation with the top candidate sitting right in front of you, let me ask you, would you rather wing it or would you rather have a planned and powerful why statement to share with Ike? Now, some of us are pretty good at winging it. I can be good at winging it. And I don't think being too scripted is a great idea. But most of the time when we wing it, we haven't given something much thought. We share too much or we share too little. Or we're not as, our impact is not as strong as it could be. So that's why I want your interview team, that last step to be one of the reasons why to be a practice on the why statement. And if people are stuck around why statements, maybe you could do it at a team meeting, have everybody kind of practice what their why statement would be. And, and the way you do it is you brainstorm all the ideas and thoughts you have around why, work, why working at your company is great and why working in that role is so great. You know, and you could use things to prompt the brainstorming like the organization's mission, vision, values. You can describe the culture, the turnover, loyalty, things you know about the employee commitment, awards, anything that's exciting and interesting in the job or on the team, business results, future forecast, all of that. You brainstorm all of that. Then out of that list, you pick three to five key points that best explain for you things that you most resonate with, you most value, and create a simple bullet point, nothing that you memorize, but something you've thought about, spend a little bit of time on, so that you can succinctly and impactfully share with someone like Incredible Like why it's great to be in that company. So you can do your part in the sales process. So um, there's a neat kind of quote from a guy, Dark doctor, excuse me, Dr. Marty Groth, and he says, words have incredible power. They can make people's hearts soar, like sore inspired, S-O-A-R. So it can say, ah, I'm inspired. What she said, really, I can relate to that. Or words have incredible power. They can make people's hearts soar, S-O-R-E. So We don't have a strong impact statement about why people go, I don't really think they meant that. They probably don't even really like working here. Incredible Ike might think, well, I don't really want to work here either if they don't like working here. So words do have incredible power. Spending some time preparing on the why statement is a piece of the puzzle that I guarantee you your competitors are not doing. And in the interview process, if you're trying to make sure you've got the right people in the right seats, who isn't trying to do that, you've got to put a little effort out. And a little bit of effort is having this interview team that's uh, prepared, 
You've done this five-step R-E-A-D-Y. You've reviewed why the position is open and shared the top descriptors of, of the position and uh, when you're going to fill it. You've e- sh- uh, scheduled the evaluation and feedback meeting. You've assigned interview focus areas. You've determined and created which competency and behavioral-based interview questions people are going to use. And you practice that why statement, each team member. You do that in your very quick 30 to 45-minute ready team meeting strategy uh, session, and you're going to make sure that your interview team is prepared. And that's the mantra. That's the mistake people make is the interview team is not prepared. And so you end up with missing key ingredients, and we don't want that to happen. So there's your process. I'd love to hear if you use this or when you use this. Let's just assume that you're going to use it. And uh, let me know how it goes. Let me know if you have questions. You can always contact me. Look at the interview, uh, the show notes at uh, pricelessprofessional.com interview team. And you can find my contact information there and uh, let me know how it's going. Or if you have questions, you can always contact me. I do have a hiring book. If you'd like to recap this this information plus other uh, information, go to pricelessprofessional.com slash hiring book. And don't forget about your free download audio book that you can get from Audible. And the two books that I recommend that relate to this podcast today are Top Grading and Good to Great. But they have 150,000 titles that you can choose from pricelessprofessional.com slash audible. So our next show, I think it's going to be around, there are four skills that I teach that are around leader as coach. So everything I do is around either professional development and coaching for leaders or employee selection. And so I think we'll go back to the leadership development piece and we're going to be looking at cultivating a positive sense of self and others. That is one of the key steps of being a leader as a coach to seeing yourself as an advocate for others' potential as opposed to a judge on what they're doing wrong. And um, I'm trying to set up right now interviews with different leaders who are really good at these different skills that are important to having the leader be the coach on the team and having the leader focus on advocating for team members' potential. So I'm excited about the next podcast, which will be episode number 13. You can see all the podcasts and keep up to date by going to wakeupeagerworkforce.com and you will see the directory of the podcast. You'll see a place there where you can subscribe so that you automatically get the updates on your phone. I'm doing about two podcasts a month is how it's working out. One day if I can do more, I'll do it because I enjoy it. And I like sharing. So uh, look for the new podcast. Uh, uh, and go back and l- listen to others. There might be some information on there. I've got some information on millennials. And um, I interviewed someone who focuses on barriers that uh, women face as leaders. And just varied topics all around this uh, employee selection and professional development. And uh, all things that I think are related to creating a Wake Up Eager Workforce podcast. So if you have topic ideas, don't forget to reach out to me. And again, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for being a part of this work over here at wakeupeagerworkforce.com. And uh, thank you for Priceless Professional Development, uh, my clients and colleagues and friends. And just go, go have a great day and use this information and let me know if you have questions. All the best. We'll talk to you soon. 
This episode of the Wake Up Eager Workforce Podcast was brought to you by Priceless Professional Development. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show, head over to pricelessprofessional.com to gain access to more professional development resources. 